You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. White Sox fan, Brett Valentini here, Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 90, and we have a treat for you. Uh, we usually just talk with members of staff, and listen, our staff is fantastic, wonderful people, but this guy, yeah, we're stepping it up a little bit here. We're going to be talking with a guy you might have heard of, he's White Sox catcher Yasmani Grandal. Enjoy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Yasmani, it's been uh, it's been a while since we've been able to talk. I know a lot of things are going on right now, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to Southside Sox. Yeah, you got it. All right, well, the reason we're getting together is uh, to talk about the Force 3 Defenders mask, uh, something you used last season along with a number of other catchers. Uh, you love the product so much you bought in as an investor. What's different about the helmet, and, and could you tell a difference right away? to uh five years um but uh i mean what's not to like right i mean uh, my my job is to hopefully uh be behind the plate as much as possible so i'm trying to make sure i take care of every uh variable that i can and obviously concussions have been huge uh and can easily take you out of a season um you know we've seen 
we've seen uh, stories of uh, El for instance, who who um, had a, a, a his, the end of his career. Uh, it happened because sure. of concussions. So, um, so yeah, it was a no-brainer for me to make sure that I was uh, protected to the max, whether it's head, uh, chest, legs, whatever it is that was going to help me uh, stay on the field, that I was going to do. And um, as soon as I came across it, um, I want to say the first game I used it, I got – uh, foul ball to the face, and uh, I was hooked up. Oh, wow. Is this a situation before using the mask or even with the mask where you've felt exposed to or even have suffered uh, concussions as a catcher for your career? I had uh, one concu- concussion early in my career. Um, I, I got, I, I think, get completely knocked out, mm-hmm. but it, it got me hard enough to where I was able I was. You know, I dropped and kind of popped back up real quick, mm-hmm. not knowing what had happened. Um, and but with me, it was more of you know I kept getting foul balls and having my jaw lock up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just getting tired of pretty much being on you know going on two weeks in a row after getting my jaw locking up of mm-hmm. being on a liquid diet. Oh, um, I just I, I was just done with it um, and, and if I can remember correctly in 17 um, that happened to me two times in uh, two different both both locations I had to be on a liquid diet so right after the second time right after it happened the second time I'm like right I'm done I gotta figure out a better way of doing this so <laughs> I started trying out you know the hockey mask and um, you know different brands but all of them the same thing just kept happening um and then you know all of a sudden came across across tyler flowers who had it and you know i got intrigued i started talking to him and uh you know shortly after met jason jason gave me the the whole run around and how how it worked and the whole science behind it and like i said you know the first game that i played it with it, foul ball straight to the face. Didn't really flinch. Didn't feel anything, um, and I was hooked. Yeah, it sort of leads into what else I was going to ask you. You know, we're we're sort of a football obsessed country, and fans seem to regard baseball as a much safer, you know, no contact. But just in the past couple of years, we've seen Aloy get concussed against the fence. Jose had that scary collision running to first base on a pop up. You know, guys can't crash into you at home plate any longer, but you're playing one of the toughest physical positions in any sport. Uh, there remains a lot of physical danger to you, right? Yeah, I mean, on a daily basis, anything, I mean, anything can easily, can can happen to you, right? Um, I mean, you can get, you can get a foul ball to, to the, your big toe. I mean, I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, the reason why I'm, I don't only wear the mask, I wear the whole suit, mm-hmm. um, is because in 2017, I was also getting a lot of foul balls to my knee. Mm. Uh, whether it was a ball that got fouled off, hit the ground, and then hit my knee, or it was 
ball that just literally got nipped and uh, it just kind of deviated enough to where it just missed my glove and hit me straight in the knee. I mean, it, that it's painful. Um, and the times that that's happened to me with the force three gear, I don't even notice it. Wow. And to the point where when I notice it is the next day as I'm more putting my gear back on, I'm like, I have a huge, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, this huge uh, uh, break in my uh, shin guard. And I, now I'm texting Jason and being like, hey, I need a new pair of leg guards because uh, I didn't notice. Yeah. You're like, and I should have felt that. <laughs> yeah, I should have definitely felt it. Um, you know, you know, it hits you hard when the umpire kind of taps you in the back and asks you, like, <laughs> you're okay. do you need some time? And, you're like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there's been plenty of guys who have asked me that. I'm like, no, I just need the ball. Like, I'm trying to get this thing going. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Yasmani, you had a unique offensive season last year. You had amazing power and on base numbers. Um, you know, smart fans know that batting average is a minor indication of ability but there's still a lot of debate about how good a season you are having did you pay any attention to that sort of the debate about oh i have you know somebody's got a low batting average no i mean it's been it's been my career right i mean everybody's like oh he doesn't hit for average um he doesn't he doesn't do this he doesn't do that but at the end of the year or you know everybody's saying how you know he's great defensively i mean offensively and I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, two months ago, you were saying that my batting <laughs> average sucked. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I mean, I know what my strengths are. I know what my uh, weaknesses are. And I'm going to stick to it. And I know that, you know, I'm going to walk and I'm going to hit the long ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, that's what teams want. That's what helps a team out. I mean, we have to figure out a way to create runs in order to win. Um, whether it's slugging, whether it's getting on base. Now, mind you, I am prob- probably in the top 1% of the slowest guys in the league. So um, getting in scoring position for me and scoring, it seems to be pretty hard. Right. But... <laughs> But with that said, if I'm in scoring position long enough for a high amount of time, at some point I want to be scoring. So all mm-hmm. I need to be scoring is about 50 to 60% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the numbers and I understand what I do and, and, and how I can do it. Um, and that's what made me su- successful. So that's what I'm going to keep on doing to be, to you know, allow my team to, uh, do what what they need to do in order to to win. Hey, and you can run as slow as you want when you put the ball over the fence. How you 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 uh, battled a couple, at least a couple, significant knee injuries. Uh, how difficult? What does that do to cut into your power? And you know, how how tough is it? How long does it take for you when you're injured like that to really get back to sort of full power with your swing? Well, I mean, it's it definitely makes you change mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in today's game, everybody's trying to get your data ground ball on, on the ground mm-hmm. and how they get, get you to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Or we're either doing that, soft contact, or or uh, we're going for a swing and miss. You know, when when you're not confident in your legs, 
there's a lot of times where you look at a situation and you're like, okay, I'm either swinging for the fences here or I'm going to, you know, die trying. Yeah. And when you have that mindset, um, it's not a good mindset uh, just because it's just not, you know, baseball at the end of the day, it's hard enough to hit. Um, and now you got to be worried about, you know, mm-hmm. how you're stepping, how you're, how you're attacking, um, which pitch you got to attack in order to be able to do what you need to do because your feet, your legs don't allow you to do other things. And luckily enough for me, um, I didn't, I didn't get into that, uh, thought process too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, I waited it out long enough to still be able to put up good numbers, uh, and help my, my team win. And, and, you know, once, once the legs got good, then I remember saying that, you know, my legs feel good, you know, the long, long ball is going to come. Yeah. And sure enough, it, it, it came. Yeah. Last time we got to talk in any sort of one-on-one uh, setting, it was uh, 2020 and the pandemic re- restrictions meant you could no longer rely on in-game video to study your at-bats. How did it feel to get to get that back for 2021? Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. um, it was awesome. And if it wasn't for that, I think my year would have been mm-hmm. a lot worse. Yeah. Um, and the reason saying is because I, you know, I'm, I'm already used to doing homework, so I know how, what I need to do and how I got to do it in order to um, achieve the goal that I needed to achieve for that day, right? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, like I mentioned before, you know, not being able to use my legs the way that I wanted. Now I had to figure out a way of how can I get them to do what I want them to do, and the only way for me to do that is to be able to study and watch video and mm-hmm. and looking at patterns and things like that so that maybe maybe I'm I am trying to set him up for you know the, the next AB or the AB after or is it my last AB of the day do I want to set him up for for not the next day but the day after. Yeah. So it's a it's a whole you know psychological warfare that you're <laughs> playing uh, with yourself, but also with with the enemy, which is the team that you're facing. So, um, so yeah, if it wasn't for video, I, I think I think my year would have gone uh, <laughs> not as good as it did. Yeah, it, it, I, on, on the flip side, going back to the d- defensive side, the White Sox pitching was superb last year, carry, and really carried the team in the first place early. Uh, Ethan Katz came out and played a role, of course. But the one common factor connecting an outstanding rotation, a lot of guys taking a big step forward, and a killer bullpen was you. Uh, there's a variety of ages and arms out there. What's the biggest way you contribute to the battery's success in all of these different circumstances? Uh, being uh, being able to understand who it is that you have on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, we do we do have a lot of different arms, but. Uh, you know, there's a there's a good a good a one point. It, it, it seems like our army are so good that they're almost the same. Yeah, and and it's a good problem to have. So it, for me, it was navigating through a game, um, understanding that 
you know, maybe I just got this guy out, or I've been getting this guy out with with heaters. He's gonna he's gonna gear up for the heater. So, who is it that I need a plan for that is coming out of the pen that day and it's probably gonna face this guy late in the game, um, or in a high, high leverage situation that um, that is gonna gonna allow me to be able to get this guy out with something else than a fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the fun part part about it. Um, and as I told guys at the beginning of the year, you know, we're gonna we're gonna struggle at some point. Um, but then we're gonna struggle as a team. Somebody else is gonna pick you up and we're gonna figure it out. And it just seemed like um, you know, for for a little bit there once I got hurt, even though I was still um, you know, in the mix as to, you know, helping guys out with uh, you know, scouting reports and how to attack people. Um, you know, I just wasn't behind the plate. And um, a lot of times the younger generation doesn't look ahead. They're kind of more in the moment as uh, as I'm always thinking about, okay, what's going to happen when we get to this situation in the sixth, seventh inning, and how am I going to get you out of it? So uh, we did struggle a little bit. Um, but uh, we were able to overcome it, and you know that's what a that's what a good staff does. Yeah. When you came on in 2020, the White Sox had a very strong backup to you in James McCann. Uh, last year, the catchers behind you struggled a little bit more. It doesn't seem like that depth is going to be addressed by the club for 2022. As you're getting a little older as well, despite wanting to play every game, uh, how important is it for you to speak up and get a break, maybe at first or DH, so that you're strong and fresh for the playoffs? Right. I played the most amount of games that I could have possibly played in a year, and all of a sudden I feel great heading into the postseason. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a matter of getting into the postseason uh, without having a long stretch of uh, getting hurt. Yeah. And I think that's what what, what was what happened to me. I mean, I don't think I know for sure. Last year is that. As soon as the postseason hit, I was kind of getting into um, the low, I guess, the bottom um, of uh, that really big high that I had once I came back from uh, from uh, mm-hmm. the surgery. So, uh, and usually that happens throughout the year, right? You 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 build up, build up, build up, but at some point you're gonna crash. And yeah. you need that crash in order to be able to build back up again. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to uh, allow you to kind of sustain and stay up there for for a while. So um, heading into a postseason and feeling like I have to be in the gym on a daily basis, lifting weights, doing all these, all these things instead of concentrating on today's task, which is winning this game, which I was. Um, but also is, you know, thinking about, well, how long are my legs going to last me? Yeah. Um, throughout this low. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, an experience I never had because I usually felt pretty, pretty strong as I, I, I was getting to, to the postseason. Uh, but it was something that I, that I'd learned from and hopefully this year, um, I'm able to, 
you know, staying on the field, which is number one. Um, and then, you know, getting back to the postseason, uh, you know, I got, a, I want to say seven years now of, of getting to the postseason. I, I'm still hunting for the ring and mm-hmm. hopefully it comes in, uh, in the White Sox uniform. Hey, Brad, well, we're just going to take a couple more questions for yes. Okay. Uh, a, a, as a guy who easily could have had some life paths taking you into an international draft, how important is for you personally as uh, the and the MLB PA collectively to get the CBA done right? I mean, it's very important, right? But I'm I'm not dealing with I'm not in, in the room. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what's being said. Uh, do do. I get to ask questions and figure out why I get to, you know, we're doing what we're doing. Yes. Do I do my homework um, for it? Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not a lawyer. Um, so being able to make a deal uh, as big as the CBA is for us is huge. And it's not, not for the, you know, older generation, but more of the middle to younger generation that's going to be playing mm-hmm. for the next 10, 15 years. I mean, we need to set, you know, some some sort of standards so that those guys can flourish. And um, hopefully we can, we can do it. Uh, I, know, I know both sides are eager to get something done. Um, maybe one side is a little bit more eager than the other. Um, <laughs> That's what negotiations negotiations are. Right? You know, I've been through arbitration and free agency, and uh, you know, I, I kind of understand that that side of the business as well. Yeah. I just got a couple more, Yasmani. Uh, you every every time we talk, you're you're such a smart guy. I we're thrilled to get you on the White Sox. Me, the entire staff here. We don't want you going anywhere anytime soon. But you're such a smart guy. Are are you going to go into managing when you're done playing? You know, I've had I've had this I've had this uh, uh, this question asked before, um, and I I truly don't know. I uh, I feel like I can make a bigger impact if I'm down in rookie ball working with the real young guys. Um, if it happens that I happen to manage there, great. Um, but I I. I I kind of like that route a little bit more mm-hmm. um, just because if I'm able to make an impact in a young catcher that's, you know, 16 years old, 17 years old, um, and see him become this great star, right. you know, I, I, I had, I had my, my two cents in there and I'm glad I was able to put a base um, in order for him to succeed. So, I kind of like that. Now, if the opportunity comes, would I pass on on it? I can't tell you that either. I don't know um, because I I do understand what happens in in the big leagues and and what a team should be doing in order to be successful. So, and it's uh, very challenging, and I love it. So, if the opportunity gets there um, and I see a chance where I can really 
help a team out, um, yeah, it would it would definitely be a, a, an option to consider. Okay, okay, let's end a little light. Uh, you're sort of a folk hero for your devotion to the rarely seen White Sox basketball jersey. Uh, when you're finally back on the field this year, are we going to see it again? I hope so. I loved it. <laughs> and the only reason why I was wearing it is it was so comfortable. <laughs> so maybe they should do a 2022 or a 22 uh, basketball jersey. Um, I, I guess it was supposed to be some sort of promotion in 2020 and it ended up not happening, so they just gave it to us. And as soon as I wore it, I'm like, man, why haven't we done this before? <laughs> the 19- so, yeah, I loved it. The 1983s are getting a little tired. Maybe it's a Sunday alternate jersey, man. Why not? <laughs> hey, we're going we're gonna to load this up with a lot of information about the, the fourth three so uh, uh, catchers out there can you know check it out and get as protected as you are, uh, not even flinching when you're taking uh, tough body blows. But, uh, Yasmani, I really appreciate you taking all this time to talk to Southside Sox and uh, hope to see you on the field, uh, boy, as soon as tomorrow. Fair enough. All right. Take care. Thank you very much. All right. See you guys. Well, apparently uh, the timing was really good for this podcast because as Yasmani and I were talking, uh, apparently the baseball lockout is over and he indeed will be able to get back on the field as soon as tomorrow. Uh, So I hope you enjoyed uh, getting a little glimpse into what makes Yasmani Grandal tick from his equipment to his injured legs, to keeping himself healthy. Uh, and again, hopefully you enjoyed this and uh, we'll have more of these uh, when the situations arise. Uh, till then, we'll be back, I'm sure, under these circumstances very quickly with another podcast. But hope you enjoyed getting a little bit of insight from Yasmani Grandal. <laughs>